0: Well, hey there! Welcome to The Real Podcast, hosted by Jason Kaliba. We think that real people are interesting, not just celebrities and superstars, but also the guy standing in line next to you at the grocery store and the kid beside you in church. We're passionate about sharing the stories and insights of those people, real people, so that you're challenged and maybe even inspired to grow. If you'd like additional resources or more information about our guests, check out our webpage at cochranalliance.com backslash real. So let's get real.
1: All right, here we go. Um, When I uh, graduated from high school, when I was 19 years old, um, I started to hear on the radio and the TV of, uh, a humanitarian disaster in uh, a place that I knew hardly anything about. And the place was Rwanda, and the time was the spring and summer of 1994, uh, where two tribes within that country, the Hutus and the Tutsis, uh, where uh, a year's worth of grievances uh, escalated into something that uh, was, well, in the end, we learned as the rest of the world that it was a genocide, and it's estimated. That up to up to one million uh, Rwandans were murdered in that time period, hundreds of thousands of women uh, were raped, uh, and uh, one of our own Romeo Dallaire, uh, as a representative of the UN, was one of the key voices in trying to alert the world in what was happening and, and try to see some intervention. But uh, it was a a tra- tragedy of, of of epic proportions, and uh, obviously we're quite some time removed now, 26 years later, uh, but uh, it's obvious when something uh, of, that, uh, of that level of darkness uh, happens that the implications on people and in a country are lasting and they, they don't just go away in a couple of years. And uh, late uh, in uh, 2019, I learned that uh, one of our own, Jordan Bell uh, from Cochrane Alliance uh, was taking her second trip to go to Rwanda and uh, employ some of her, her third trip, uh, her third trip to, uh, to go and serve Rwandans in helping them process some of the grief and some of the lingering emotions and effects of, uh, of what happened so many years ago. So it's uh, my honor uh, to welcome into the Zoom studio and the Zoom studio is a bit, uh, or not the Zoom uh, studio, (laughs) we are meeting by Zoom, but this is the real studio. But for the first time, because of COVID-19, we are uh, doing an interview over zoom. And, uh, so the, the dynamics are a little bit different than I'm used to. And instead of looking at someone across the table, I'm looking at them through the internet. Uh, but, uh, Jordan bell, uh, welcome to the real podcast.
2: Thanks so much, Jason. Uh,
1: maybe Jordan, um, you could just tell us a little bit about who you are and, uh, how it is that, uh, uh you, some of the skills that you have that, uh, led you to want to serve Rwandan people.
2: Yeah, I, I actually am a certified professional counselor um, and a spiritual director. Um, yeah, I, how how has that led into me wanting to serve the Rwandan people? I, I think sometimes my middle name is Trippy because I trip into things. Um, <laughs> door opens and I trip through it. So, I'm, you know, I'm not sure exactly how I ended up. Um, it was in my graduate program. Actually, and um, yeah, that was the first mission t- trip to Rwanda, and mm. and I think it was a, a, an amazing privilege, and yeah, it was just um, yeah, it was a surprise. I mean, I had to pray for it. I had no idea what I was going into. Um, a group of us went there in two thousand and nine, and and within that group was Kelly Johnson, um, one of my classmates um, who is also doing her graduate program in clinical counseling and, um, yeah, I, I, her heart was really grabbed by this predicament, this trauma in, in Rwanda
0: mm-hmm.
2: and, um, actually decided to go there and, and live there and open a center on um, Lighthouse Counseling Center of which I actually went and volunteered this year. Um, also went in 2012 and worked with military psychologists. So, so yeah, the door keeps opening and I keep kind of tripping through it. Um, not mm-hmm. without prayer, but, um, but definitely interesting, a big adventure mm-hmm.
1: for sure. And what is the, uh, what's the name of the, of the ministry that she has there? What's it called?
2: Yeah, it's called Lighthouse um, Counseling and Training Center. It's um, it's actually probably the first of its kind in Kigali. Mm. Um, Yeah. Counseling is not really something that Rwandans even think about. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very interesting these days because I think there's not a lot of emotional expression um, in Rwanda right now. And I don't know if it's a way of just being able to contain the trauma. Um, so anyways, Kelly, Kelly founded this, um, counseling center and, um, it's, it's really life transforming mm. for a lot of people. I think they can speak openly. They can, they can learn about themselves. Um, it's, uh, you know, through counseling, they can talk about their trauma or, or their, their problems that they're having in life right now that, you know I, I guess in rwanda there's an extra layer because uh, a lot of the issues you see are similar to what is mm. here um but there's an extra deeper layer um underneath and and that comes out in in their trauma of experiencing the genocide or having parents who have experienced the genocide so so it is it is working its way out
1: so can you just give us a little picture of like, um, what you did in a day, like how it worked and, and how is it that, that people, uh, heard uh, about what you were doing? Did they, did they self refer? Did they get passed on? You mentioned the military. Just give us a little picture of how, how this actually works out practically.
2: Yeah, well, the first time in 2009 when I went, we were dealing quite strongly with the effects of the genocide. There were not a lot of resources there to deal with um, post traumatic stress disorder and, and trauma. Um, the country was, yeah, was seriously really in, in a lot of trauma. Um, yeah, and they hadn't actually, um, you know, they didn't have tools and skills, and, and as it is in mission, um, I think it's always the purpose to go in and train people up to be able to help themselves. Um, mm-hmm. So that was 2009, and we went in and we worked with a hundred or so community and um, community workers and pastors, mm-hmm. because a lot of them will go out into the community and just just really you know applied skills in 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 listening and 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 that in itself is quite hard because everyone there is traumatized mm-hmm. so nobody really wants to talk because they're traumatized as well so so being able to work with people and how how you know how that works with you how that works for them and um yeah, it, it really, really stretched me in that time because there were a lot of really, really deep questions um, around forgiveness, around perpetrators, um, you know, all of all of those kinds of things. In 2012, when I went back, um, we had the great privilege of working with military psychologists who are actually out there in the front lines. Um, Yeah, they're, you know, they're responding to, um, all sorts of different things, um, trauma and, um, yeah, you know, orphans, um, delinquents, street kids, um, you know, children of rape and, and things like that. So really hard stuff. And, and I think when we worked with them, um, part of what we did is, is to go and share our skills, you know, mm-hmm. in, in trauma and post, um, post-traumatic post stress, disorder, but also in self-care, because I think that is something that's really lacking, um, is how how can you, you know, um, how can you take care of yourself um, in these situations when you're giving and giving and giving and hearing all these these really difficult stories. So, so that was, that was definitely um, very rewarding to be able to, to offer that to them as well. So this time, actually, um, you know, my colleague Kelly, you know, um, I met up with her a year or so ago and, and told her I was retired. And, and um, she said, oh, you should come back to Rwanda and, you know, volunteer. So, so um after some prayer and, and some thought about it, then, then off I went. And um, yeah, so this, this counseling center is amazing, you know, offering the training and, um, and the counseling for people. So my specific role there was to volunteer to see clients. Um, my regular day was um, seeing clients was Tuesday, uh, Wednesday and Thursday, I had a full client load. And then on um, Saturday and Monday we had training class. So um, yeah, so it was pretty full going from being retired actually to working again like five days a week, but it was so rewarding. Um, And I think being able to offer what I have like just on a volunteer basis to help that ministry to continue on, I I think was, yeah, it was definitely worthwhile.
1: Okay. So, um, can you, can you tell us like, uh, did people, did you have like a room and people came and sat on a chair and you talked for an hour? Is that, is that generally the the format that, that you took?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think there was something like, um, um, yeah, how I got clients is, um, Anyone who was looking for counseling, then they would just give them to me. So, I, so I would just take take the clients on. Um, the center itself is it has a, a room for training.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, it looks pretty modern. I, I know you saw the pictures maybe, and um, mm-hmm. and then it had individual rooms. So it was actually a house. You know, that was made into um, a counseling center. So. Yes. So there were a number of counselors there from a lot of different different countries. Um, yeah, and they we all had had offices um, to be able to meet with clients. And yeah, and then the training itself took place in a big training room.
1: Okay. Yeah. So what percentage of your uh, of the people that you were meeting with were like military personnel, and what what percentage were just men and women off the street kind of thing?
2: Yeah, I, I didn't actually meet with any military people. That was my 2012 um okay. where it was basically we were on the, you know, um, in the barracks or whatever meeting mm-hmm. with, with a man. Um, this was just actually available for anyone who mm-hmm. wanted or needed counseling. Um, so it is starting to pick up a lot in Rwanda. So so a number of people everyone that phoned in got me <laughs> so, okay. so it was referred to me unless it was marriage counseling which i kind of swear myself off of a little bit mm. um but um, yeah and they had they actually had experts in child therapy as well so as well i didn't do that but i did see individuals mm. and um yeah they would just phone in and and i would just take everyone until i was had a full caseload, and then i just said okay well you know, that's it. The, this my service was also offered to add a discounted rate to all the students who were in the class. You okay. know, if they to do some additional counseling or some processing, then they could certainly come and see me. And and also, I mean, one of the big questions was always, well, what is spiritual direction? You know, so I had a couple of clients who were spiritual, you know, for spiritual direction. But in most people who were Christian. Um, they had the choice of incorporating that into okay. counseling as well if, if they so wanted to. Um, so that was an option for them as well. So mostly I saw Rwandans um, and one Kenyan um, mm. and one expat. So one American um, woman. So, mm. so yeah, that was my client load for mm. that. Okay. Um, for Rwandan.
1: Yeah. So, so when, um, when you just sat down and these people began sharing their stories, uh, what, what were you hearing about and what, what can you share with us in terms of what, what these folks are wrestling with?
2: Yeah. You know, I, I, I think, you know, even though we're like a world apart, you know, that confidentiality is, mm-hmm. is really important. Yeah. So, um, you know, just thinking about the kinds of things, um, yeah, I, I, I think there were, you know, not unsimilar to what you deal with here, mm-hmm. um, you know, sexual abuse, um, marital issues, um, yeah, anxiety disorders, depression, um, trauma, you know, those, those kind of things generally. I mean, I don't, I don't think that there's any real difference in the way that you actually, um, you know, respond to, to their needs in that way. Um, what was different was just every now and then, you know, you'd hear something like, for example, um, one of my clients was, um, you know, very controlling and very... Um, um, protecting, you know, you know, and and it came out later that, you know, this particular person had, you know, as a child, you know, been through the genocide Mm -hmm. and, and spent time hiding hiding under a bed you know fearful that they were going to be killed you know Mm -hmm. um and surviving that you know that time when they were you know they were out to kill them and and i can't even imagine Mm this as you know a seven-year-old child what kind of you know um defense systems that you put in place to be able to deal with that that actually you know translate into your adult life and, and actually don't work well in your adult life anymore but it's something that you've learned for survival and um yeah so so when you actually get those kind of underneath stories then you can kind of understand you know you have to you have to kind of get through the protective Mm -hmm. layering and and get to that point and and I think that's the thing about a counselor is so you're like in this holy space with these people who are sharing like such um you know hard things and and difficult places that you know you you just have all this compassion for them and and just it's just you know you can feel God's presence Mm -hmm. in that place.
1: I know I I don't have the expertise that you do, but I know there's been a few times in my life with a person that I go, I can't understand why, why do they do this? They just have these habits or these ways of relating to other people that just seem, it make no sense. And they just, it makes them isolated. It makes people not like them. And then you sit down and you get to hear their story and you realize, oh, okay. If I had, if I had undergone that in my childhood or if i had those kind of experiences uh, that's probably how i would operate as well
2: yeah absolutely and i and i think that's the thing that's the it's the gift of of counseling i guess to be able to you know to witness those stories and and to come into a bigger understanding i mean people are all you know you never go into a session and think oh yeah you know i've got this you Mm -hmm. know depression or anxiety or whatever like it's always like so layered and, and mm-hmm. it's always so surprising and so moving to be able to hear and and sad and broken and and yet so resilient and and amazing mm-hmm. at the same time you know so there are all those things involved and and yeah it's a, it's a very privileged kind of position to be yeah, in. Sure.
1: Absolutely. Cool.
2: Um, one of the other things that, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of people that I, that I spoke with and a lot of people in the class, you know, um, one woman had said to me, she said, um, yeah, well I have I have nine children. I'm like, oh my gosh, nine children. I can't even imagine that, you know, and but three are adopted, you know, three are three are orphans. You know, it's very common to find people Um, families in Rwanda who have taken in orphans, you know, Mm. their parents have been killed and, you know, they might have a family of five or a family of four or a family of three, and they've taken in five orphans or four orphans and, and raised them and, and, and care for them and love them, you know? So I think that's another really big, really big part of that, that generosity of heart that you see that you see in Rwanda for those people.
1: Mm. Mm. So tell me maybe, Uh, After hearing these stories, and you're hearing them, you know, day after day, uh, and week after week, how how does it? uh, How did you care for yourself? How how does hearing these things affect you as a person?
2: Yeah, that's that's a really good question. Um, It is it is always difficult. I think it's always always hard to. To carry these things, and I mean, we're not really meant to carry them. But there's there's a part of them that, you know, they kind of lodge in your heart, and mm. and and I think you're probably, you know, they're meant to. You know, you're meant mm. to be able to um, to do this. But for myself, I mean, I I teach and I help, you know, clients with. Um, with breathing with spiritual practices um you know um, meditation things like that i mean yeah. it's not uncommon for me to stop in a session which which happens happen quite often in rwanda it's just a stop like do you need do you need to stop here do you need to should we breathe should we take a you know, take a few moments to just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, ground yourself and, and and so there are a number of disciplines that, that I have and I'm really passionate about that, maybe because I've had to had to use that a lot myself, mm-hmm. you know, um to be able to help help people just, you know, you know, try and manage that anxiety, or and try and have good self care for themselves. But yeah, it, it is always a challenge, for sure. It is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard, and and having faith as well. I think that, you know, it's it's like, you know, walking up to the foot of the cross, and then walking back up and taking it back. You know, and then you walk mm-hmm. back up and you put it back down. You know, yeah. and it's, but it changes you. I think you know, it's it changes you. F- for the good, but it's still, it's, it's still hard to manage. Mm. Yeah.
1: So maybe on that, on that spiritual front, um, you're, you're hearing people's experience, uh, them, uh, maybe some of them trying to come to grips with where God is in some of their trauma. Uh, how about your own perception and, uh, uh, or experience of God? How, how has doing this changed your, your, your relationship? with God uh, as, as, you're, as people are processing that themselves?
2: Yeah, you know, I think going to any development, developing country, um, I think um, pushes people to ask some of those questions, you know, some of those hard questions. And I think that process is really important I mm. think to be able to do that um, for myself, um, I always feel that, um, you know, going to meet with these people is is like going to encounter God, mm-hmm. um, you know, to be able to connect with the body of Christ, but not only connect with Christians, connect because not everyone there was Christian, mm-hmm. um, although the majority is, um, but everyone's created. <laughs> Mm -hmm. by God you know to see that to encounter God in people you know in the poor and and I was thinking about this as as you asked me to do this and and just just you know what is that you know and and I think you know sometimes there are certain groups of people that don't have a lot of um different masks on you know Mm -hmm. they they're, you know, they're more themselves because, you know, that they're just, you know, they're just, they have no choice, mm-hmm. you know? And I think when we can be more ourselves, then we have a better opportunity to be able to, to encounter God in each other and to mm-hmm. find God between us. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think that has to be a big one for me, you know, to be able to go into entering with someone and to be able to see, you know, God in them and, and to feel God's presence mm-hmm. between us. You know, that is a big one. I don't know if that answered that
1: question. No, it does. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. That's uh, that's really insightful. Thank you. So let me like, we could dive into, Insights uh, onto into people and their experience there, but we're now uh, we're not in genocide. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, in the as we record this in the coming days, um, our own governments are talking about casualties uh, for the first time in in my lifetime that you know hundreds of thousands of people in North America um, in the in the coming weeks and months uh, could be facing pretty severe stuff so talk to us a little bit about coming out of that kind of experience and I believe you had to leave early how how early did you leave before your planned departure from Rwanda
2: yeah I left 11 days earlier it was it was I really um you know a couple of people have said to me you know I think better sooner than later and Mm -hmm. um talking with my travel agent, you know, there weren't actually flights after the weekend. And so I actually only had two days to kind of get my act together, you make know, a decision, finish up my stuff. Well, I made a resi- decision on Tuesday and Thursday I was leaving. So mm. I, I actually saw clients right up until Thursday. So it was just like jam packed in the last mm. couple of days. So, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty surreal. You know, to think that this it, it wasn't the best way to leave. I mean, I think in your head you always want to finish well, so I mm-hmm. finished as well as I could, um, given the circumstances. Um, you know, and even traveling. You know, I think it was very interesting because, um, yeah, the the you know, demographics and you know, nationalities, the people on the airplane were just like it was I, I don't think I've ever experienced that before, mm. you know, so so but it did feel even though we're still in winter here
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> it did feel really good good to come home, um, for sure. Mm. Yeah.
1: And I know often coming back from from another culture where you're there for a, a bit of time, there's reverse culture shock. Yeah. was Was that experience there this time, or because you went immediately into isolation at home uh had to be separated from everyone else for a couple of weeks? did you experience after hearing these stories and then a bit of like an emergency yourself you have to leave what was what was coming back home like for you like uh, did the same culture shock as your other trips set in?
2: yeah it was very interesting this time i mean I think that i didn't really i mean i wasn't out on the road and dealing with road rage and people you know shopping and all the rest of it i mean i think I think I had some questions i think you know I was very grateful to come home and be able to drink water out of the tap and and then my then my question was well why don't they have clean water like why why don't they so i mean those kinds of things i mean i I was having you know funny dreams you know i wake up where am i you know i need to pack or you know i need to do this so you know it's it's kind of funny when you're in a place for a while or there's something happening and um i i think No matter what, your body, your mind, your spirit are always trying to process, you know, what you've been through and stuff. Um, So, but in the past, I, I actually have spent a lot of time with the groups that I've traveled with preparing their hearts for what they've come back and I'm really passionate about this preparing their hearts for what they're going to encounter um, and, and actually following up with them and actually processing some of those hard questions, you know, Mm -hmm. like, wow, where was God in this? You know, how could God let this happen? You know, those are all things, you know, why is there suffering? You know, these are all things that that are really good, good questions for us to ask good, good things for us to wrestle with that, that, um, you know, is very important when people go to a different culture or a third world or anything like that. So, so I have in the past, but, but I had a different, a little bit of a different yeah. experience this time. So
1: do you, do you know um, what effect the coronavirus is having uh, in Rwanda? Uh, are they being hit hard? Is it early days or what's happening there right now?
2: Yeah, I think it's still early days. I mean, I have been watching the news in them because I, I you know, I feel quite connected there mm-hmm. still. Um, you know, there have been a couple of people who, um, there's a lockdown. There's two people that were actually shot on the street for just the lockdown. So that was oh, wow. frightening um, to hear about that. And, you know, there is an underlying, you know, tension in the country. I mean, you know, you just never know in some of these countries, you know, because there are a, there are a lot of um, things going on underneath. Um, so, but they are actually, and I am keeping in touch with Kelly and Cello and and Little Jubilee to see how they're doing. And and um, yeah, so it's a complete lockdown, and just out for groceries and then home again. So no going out at all. So they're doing a lot of this technology as well. So.
1: Okay. Um, I guess you know, for for you, this is so real, and and you, uh, the the people who've been affected by the genocide, they're not just some people there; they have faces and names. Uh, if you would talk to us, as a lot of people listening are Canadians, should we still care about the Rwandan genocide from the mid '90s? Does it does it matter still to us? What what would you say to us? We're so far removed from. Something so, yeah, mind-boggling.
2: Yeah, well, unfortunately, um, you know, these things are actually even recorded in the, in the Old Testament. I mean, it's, the, it's unfortunately our human tendencies mm. a lot. Um, you know, so there's, there's Rwanda, there's Germany. You know, it's not African problem. It's a human problem, you know. Mm. I really feel strongly about that, you know. Um, you know, Sudan and Mayamara, you know, like the mm-hmm. fingers, you know. Like, I mean, why? You know, I I don't know what the solution is to this. I I think we have a lot to learn from each other, and I think mm-hmm. we have a lot to 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 offer us as well. I mean, we don't have it all together, you know. And, um, you know, yeah, I, about faith and about you know suffering and and about being real should we care yeah I, th- I think we should care about our neighbors you know the you know whether that's you know halfway around the world or or um you know next door to us you know i think i think we're meant to to care we're we've all been born in this time like we didn't have a choice to be born now, in this time, you know, God chose for this time for us to be born. And, and I think that he chose for Africans, for Germans, for Europeans, for everyone. We all share the same air, you know. I, mm-hmm. I think, um, yeah, we have a lot to learn from each other. We should still care about this um, as much as we care about about everyone else. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and it is about, about compassion. Um, yeah, and about learning and growing and, and connecting with the body of Christ and and with others. Yeah, having open hands and open hearts. Um, yeah, I think it's it's very important for us to care for mm.
1: sure. Mm. Thank you for that. So, uh, what's next? Um, that's a that's a pretty big adventure, and a um, you know, as twenty twenty unfolds here, uh, maybe you'll have more time to process, but what's your sense of of what's next
2: yeah i you know i i actually am so surprised in my life i'm so um amazed you know i i like i said earlier i kind of trip into things but but god has got you know plans for people you know, when we're not holding holding our fists tight, when we're holding our hands open, you know, when we're when we're willing to say yes to the adventure, you know, um, it's always so much more than than we even realize, you know, to be able to to be able to take these opportunities and to go and to learn and to grow. And it's like following the breadcrumbs along, you know, and just um yeah so I, I have actually you know I have a couple of volunteers things going on um you know not major major things but I but I you know my heart has always been and I think God knows this about me is that you know I love him I I I love Jesus you know and my heart is to follow him um wherever he takes me and and he grows me and he breaks me and he you know he um yeah all the way along, he loves me, you know, and so, so I'm not, I'm not sure I, you know, I didn't make any notes for that question.
1: Because
2: <laughs> 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 you know, I'm, I'm a pretty good sport in saying yes to to a lot of things, you know, and just being like, wow, if I knew I was getting into, I probably, I probably <laughs> gone you know um so so good thing that you know i don't think about that too much but yeah i I feel like i've had an extraordinary life through him Mm. yeah so so yeah i i don't have an answer to that question but i but i feel there is a need and um yeah i'm opening i'm open to Mm. see where that where that'll go and and along with that as well to be able to care for myself in that too
1: Mm Well, uh, like you said, we don't have as much, I think we felt, have felt in North America that we're immune to some of the greater human tragedies that many of our friends and neighbors around the world have faced. But I think again, as we record this just a few weeks ago, for the first time in a long time, that illusion has now been, um, shattered and we realize we're open to that same kind of, um, heavy stuff on a societal level and, It'll be interesting to see um, how we handle it and what God wants to do in it. And I I think we'll need people like you too, who understand a little bit about uh, just caring for other human beings and offering whatever we've got to, to serve our friends and neighbors. And uh, I'm, I'm really glad that you're a part of uh, my broader community here and uh, look forward to seeing how God might want to use you in the coming days.
2: Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Jason. Yeah. It's, um, it's a big adventure and, and definitely, um, yeah, who knows? Yeah. So thank you. Well,
1: you bet. Thanks for, uh, for joining us today. And, uh, one of my hopes with the, the real podcast was that some of these stories that are so interesting, uh, but, uh, not everyone knows about that. We get to share them in a way that more can enter in. So, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing how, your experience here might uh, touch a few lives here in, in Canada. So thank you for, for being open and, and joining me today this
0: way. Thanks. Thanks for listening to The Real Podcast. For more information on this episode and others, check out our website at coconalliance.com backslash real. Until next time, keep it real.